What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tigers Avenue podcast, episode number 16. We got some basketball to cover and some recruiting news and updates. So, man, let's go ahead and get right into it. Man, tough stretch here for LSU basketball. We've lost three in a row. You lost the Arkansas game that we discussed uh, last podcast. Uh, we, we go on the road on Wednesday night last week and lose to Bama and Tuscaloosa. And then this past Saturday, you drop one in Knoxville to Tennessee. If you're stressing about and worrying about what has happened the last three games, man, don't worry about this. Man, we are, we're about to get healthy. Um, we, we've been short pinson. Uh, you've missed days on, on, on all of the Alabama game, essentially. And you, you missed him for part of the Tennessee game. When this team gets healthy, they're going to get back right. They they lost to Alabama sixty seven to seventy, and they were short pinson in days. Uh, I mean, Tari Eason really tried to put the team on his back. He he, he scored twenty six. Um, Brandon Murray had a great game against Alabama. He had nineteen. We got in a big deficit there in the second half, and then Eric Gaines heated up and hit like three threes in a row, and and we got really hot and, and brought it really close, and we fought to the very end. In the Alabama game as well, the officiating was was quite questionable. Yes, to very. say the least. The fouls were twenty five to ten in favor of Alabama. Twenty five to ten. That just really blows my mind. And if you look at the stats, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that LSU shot within the paint over thirty times, and Alabama shot thirty four threes. 34 threes, and LSU shot 32 times inside the paint. You're only telling me they got fouled 10 times, and Alabama got fouled 25 times when they took 34 threes? It's just really, really, really hard to believe. So the fact that we were short days, the fact that we were short pinson, and the fouls were completely lopsided, I mean literally more than double the fouls called on us, and we still – brought it within three points and had a chance at a last-second shot, literally had had a last-second shot go up to try to tie the game. Unfortunately, Eric Gaines missed that shot, and we lose 67-70. to 70. If Pinson and Days are in that game, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you win the game, even with the fouls called the way they are. Uh, the Tennessee game, um, was the offense was, was really kind of anemic from the very beginning, and it made it hard because we got a – deficit early and we had to fight back and and man they did they they got on a hot streak there in the second half and it looked like they were going to make a push unfortunately uh without Pinson on the floor your quarterback your true point guard senior veteran and Pinson it's it's really tough to run the offense the way you did with him on the court and Pinson is a great defender and he, he has a lot of steals per game uh, if I remember correctly, he's he's almost at like two steals on average a game, uh, if not more than two. And he creates turnovers, and his turnovers lead to offense. I'm telling y'all, when Pinson gets back and when Days gets back right and healthy, which I think Days is fine, 
because he came back into the Tennessee game after a player falling on his ankle that he had hurt in the Alabama game. He actually ended up coming back into the game. So I think he's okay. And I really think that Pinson is going to be healthy for um, the game Wednesday night against A&M. And you're going to see this Tiger team turn this thing right back around. Zach, give me your thoughts on on what you saw and, and, and maybe some takes you got uh, on on where LSU stands right now. Honestly, I think what we saw was a young team show a lot of grit, show a, a, a lot of, of fight in them in both of those games. You mentioned the comeback against Alabama. They also had a comeback against Tennessee. Uh, they, they had a large deficit, and they overcame it, brought that game back. Of course, we know the end result was, was not great, but you, again, saw them fight against adversity in the Tennessee game as well. I mentioned that because if you really think about it, and we mentioned this in the podcast before their first road game, none of these players except for Pinson and Darius Days have played in 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 true SEC road games in in basically two years. You have the the freshmen this year who obviously coming in have not played in that type of environment at all. And then you have the freshmen from last year who were playing in in arenas that were without fans. And now they're having to play and before that of course they were in, they were in high school ball. And so it, it's encouraging to see that with all those adversities that you mentioned this team was this close to having those wins against Arkansas, against Bama, and against Tennessee. You know, we talked about how this seven-game stretch was going to be very critical for LSU. And we mentioned that, you know, five and two, four and three, you come out of those, you come out of that seven-game stretch with a record like like that, that it's very encouraging. And 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 LSU fans should be very happy with that. Unfortunately, you lose your starting point guard, who really is the glue for that entire offense. He is the facilitator, and you got to have a facilitator in order to generate offense. And 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 you could see that without Pinson in these games, they struggled very much to find their offensive identity. Pinson is a huge part of that. And again, I know we've mentioned a lot, but you're also down your best player in Adam Miller, who's been out the entire season. And the sad part is he was really your true shooter. You, I mean, you've got some guys that can put up points. Tari can, Tari can put up points. Darius can put up points. You know, Pence and Murray, they get going. They can, can put up points. But to be honest with you, Reagan, if, if you look at this team, you don't really have a true shooter. Outside of Adam Miller, Adam Miller, and then Brandon Murray, potentially, right? So I know the end result of going three and four was not what we wanted to see, but I think when you take away all those all those things, and especially having your starting point guard out uh, for three games, I think you still walk away and go, "Okay, we're fine. We're going to be fine." The schedule is going to lighten up immensely after this. 
you're going to have three kind of really tough games near the end of your SEC stretch. Uh, but the middle part of this SEC schedule, LSU should be favored in almost every game. The only games I can think that they, they probably won't be favored in is when they go to Rupp Arena and when they go back to Bama. Bama might be favoring that. They might not. I'm not sure. But there's potentially two more games that you have left on the schedule that you're not going to be favored in. Okay? So you're going to be favored the rest of the way, and you're going to be playing SEC opponents, which a lot of them have either a losing record overall or a losing record in the SEC, teams that are sub-500. And so LSU has to take advantage of, of these games that they should win and I think they're going to be fine. I know we're freaking out about all that, all these losses, three consecutive. It, it's hard to watch, but uh, you know, take a step back and look at the broader view. All right. Another thing is LSU basketball. This team has not lost, had a bad loss. I think your worst loss is at home against Arkansas. And even then, uh, it, in terms of NCAA getting into the tournament, all that, and 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 seeding. That wasn't a bad loss. You know, the LSU does not have a quad three, a quad four loss on this season. And so you have to also look at that and, and, and be encouraged. These young players, these these freshmen and sophomores that are finding their way, they're only going to have more and more games, more and more reps and experience that they're going to gain through this season. I think – one of the things that I am worried about is Efton. I, I mentioned it last time or maybe two podcasts ago with the fouls. Efton has a lot of talent, and you have not seen Efton play to his full potential yet. He's He's got to grow up a little bit. I mean, he's young. He's a freshman. But with his talents, with his uh, ability, we need to see him step up a little bit. And uh, you hope to see that here in the next few games with LSU playing these lighter opponents in the SEC. Another thing is you go look at the net rankings and LSU is still top 15 in the net rankings. And so even with these three consecutive losses, the net rankings still have LSU very high. And so I think LSU fans just got to take a deep breath, realize what has happened, uh, consider all of the variables, and sit back and say, it's going to be okay. Now, if this team starts to drop games against these subpar SEC teams, then you're going to have to start worry and, 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 and take another look at this LSU basketball team and where they're going. Yeah, and I just don't see – I mean, I know you got to say – you know, well, if they do start dropping games, then worry. I don't foresee that happening. I really, truly don't. Um, and I don't either. Right. I expect Pinson to be back for this A&M game on Wednesday, and I think we're going to get right back into the swing of things, man. Seriously, there is a lot of wins left on this schedule. There, There is 12 games left. 12. And a lot of them are going to be Ws. A lot of them. And – um. If you want to say, I mean, in reality, like if you want to say, okay, you lose, you lose the Bama game, you lose the Kentucky game, you are are then sitting at, let's see, only 
you would only have six losses. So if you have 12, that's two, you would be 25 and six. Even if you lost the two tough games left, you'd be 25 and six. That's a great, that's a great record. And then you're probably going to set yourself up to be three, four seed in the tournament, in the SEC tournament. And then when you're looking to the NCAA tournament, depending on what you do in the SEC tournament, you're probably looking at a four or five seed. You know, that's the whole goal. Get into the tournament and start winning games. And if you get into a four or five seed, you're looking really good. Now, if LSU somehow pulls off, which I think they really, in all honesty, I, I think will win the Bama game uh, at full health in Baton Rouge, shoot, we we lost to them by three points in Tuscaloosa without pincing and days. I'll take LSU in that game any day. And at full health, this team beat Kentucky. This team beat Kentucky at full health. Understand Rupp is a is a wild arena, and that, other than Auburn, is probably the, the rowdiest uh, uh, in the SEC, and it's going to be a tough environment. But at full health, this team beat this team beat Kentucky, and I think we can do it again. And so there, there's a ton of wins about to come LSU's way. If you go ten and two down this stretch, you're twenty five and six, and that's excellent. In all honesty, you don't win the SEC, and that's okay. But you're setting yourself up to be really in great position to get into the tournament with a good seed. If you go eleven and one, and your only loss is Kentucky at Kentucky, you're looking really, really good. And in fact, if that's what LSU does. Uh, I'm looking at maybe a, a three, four seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, Cause I yeah. think our net is going to, I mean, look, LSU just lost three in a row, three in a row. And we're still in the top 20. The, the pollsters at the beginning of the season, I feel like slept on LSU a little bit. And then they realized, okay, they are for real. When they beat Kentucky and then they beat Tennessee and then they went and beat Florida on the road without Pinson. And then we had, you know, we battled, we battled uh, that this stretch here. I think they understand that when Pinson gets back, it's it's going to be for real. When we get healthy, it's going to be for real. I mean, you literally take Pinson and Days away in, in that Alabama game, and you have nothing but freshman and sophomore on the court. Nothing. The only person on that court that isn't a sophomore, uh, a freshman or sophomore, is Sharif O'Neal, who's coming off the bench. And against Alabama, that was only his third game back from injury. So, and you only lost the game by three points. This team is gritty. It's tough. It's tenacious. They have fight, and they they are resilient. They they will not give up. And I really feel like Will Wade has instilled this, that in this team. And once you get Xavier Pinson back, once you get Darius Days back, I, I think the train keeps rolling. And I think we have a chance. I know we have a chance in every else, every game we play once they get back. Now, if you want to talk about, okay, you know, we have to look at this in reality. You have games and you have to play them and you have to win them. Okay. So you got to play Texas A&M. First game, you're playing them at home. I like LSU. You play TCU at TCU. That'll be an interesting game with the SEC Big 12 challenge. We'll see how that goes. You get Ole Miss at LSU. I got to think that's a dub. Um, Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. I feel like that's a dub. A&M at A&M. We'll see. I, I, I still like LSU. Now, here's one game that I feel like may be 
There, there's two teams that I would worry about that, that may surprise you. It's Mississippi State and Missouri. They have popped a few times this year. Missouri beat Alabama earlier in the year, and then darn near beat them the other night in Tuscaloosa. They have popped a little bit, and State is no team to just brush off. They're 13-5, and five and they're playing really good. And their point guard, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he is a, an excellent point guard, and they have built their team with transfers, uh, kind of like LSU has, and they have a solid team in Starkville this year. But the thing is, you only play them once this year, and you get to play them in Baton Rouge. So I like LSU. Then you yeah. get Georgia, who is probably bottom barrel. I mean, they only have five wins Which on the Which will be that at that game. Whoop, whoop. We'll, we'll be at that game. Then you got South Carolina. And then you have Kentucky in Rupp. I'll take Kentucky in that one. Missouri, another team that you think, okay, maybe they could pop. It's in Baton Rouge. I'll take the Tigers. Uh, you get the Hogs in Fayetteville. That's another one you may want to you may want to star next to. Say, hey, this may be another game we could potentially lose at full health. I think you beat Arkansas. In fact, if you're if you're at full health, I think we sweep them this year. And then you got Bam at LSU, and I've already made my statement on that there. Uh, so, man, I I'm not worried. I'm I'm not worried about this team. I'm not worried about where we sit. I understand that when we get healthy, I think it's going to go right back to normal. Starting Wednesday night against A&M back in the PMAC, I think you're going to get things rolling again. And I, I will say I have liked what I've seen from Will Wade. He has made very few excuses, but he's also had his team's back. He's had his team's back. When, when, when those officiating crews were, were really starting to be extremely questionable, especially in the Alabama game when that guy pinned that ball against the glass and it was clear as day it was on the glass. He had his team's back, and he let the refs hear about it, and he drew a tech for it. And people want to say, you know, well, that tech may have been costly. That, may, that tech may have been costly. LSU went on a major run after that tech happened, and I think it was done at the right time. And I think Will Wade is an incredible coach. Zach, there's something I've heard recently um, that does kind of worry me. Um, Clemson has a new athletic director. Um, Will Wade graduated from Clemson, and he also started his basketball coaching career as a graduate assistant at Clemson. I've heard some 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 rumors and seen a few things recently. There's been nothing like like that that have been announced or anything like that. Like they're even pursuing him. But I've hear I've heard rumors that that's one of the guys Clemson. Clemson may move a different direction with their basketball program, and Will Wade may be one of the guys they go after. I don't know if he leaves the SEC program and goes to Clemson, but being as he was a graduate from there and started his career there, I don't know. I would hate to lose Will Wade. He is a young, brilliant-minded coach, and I love the way he coaches. Um, But that's something to watch. I don't think we're going to hear anything on that anytime soon, but that's just something to watch for. All right, let's move forward to some recruiting updates here. There's been a lot going on with recruiting and and, and some more transfers potentially um, in, in recent week, and I feel like it's been like that ever since uh, the dead period has lifted. Um, and, I mean, LSU's got to build this team with transfers, and we've seen that happen. The biggest news 
uh, of late in recruiting is Harold Perkins, five-star linebacker, the top player left who is unsigned in this class, decommitted from Texas A&M. And you, you got to think that LSU is going to make a major push here to try to land Harold Perkins. Honestly, I was shocked by this decommitment. I don't know why he decommitted or anything like that, but I was shocked about this. Uh, in other news, Jermaine, Jermaine Burton uh, has gone to Alabama. Zach, I'll let you give your thoughts on that. Caleb Williams, supposedly it has come down to USC and LSU for his next destination. We'll give our thoughts on that. In other news, Jarek Bednard, Bernard, um, Bernard Converse, Converse. Bernard Converse um, DB out of Oklahoma State. LSU is crystal balled to land him. He is a Louisiana native. A, and, a man, if you land him, a, yeah, yeah, an extremely experienced cornerback. In, in fact, he was a three-star out of Louisiana, and that's why LSU didn't look at him because he really wasn't a highly recruited guy at all. But he got an offer from Oklahoma State and went there and earned the starting job his freshman year and hasn't looked back since. And this year he was first team all Big 12 uh, defense. And, man, he's played like over 50 games as a starter there at Oklahoma State. If you land him, that's an experienced DB who's seen a lot of power five football that probably comes in as your day one starter. So those are the latest updates on – Everything right now, and, and I guess I need to throw in Jacoby Matthews in there still. Looks like LSU and Trevante Citizen. Looks like LSU is, is in the front running for for um, for both of those guys. Man, if you land Harold Perkins, Jacoby, Jacoby Matthews, and Trevante Citizen, and then add a few more transfers, this, this recruiting class is going to be a solid recruiting class for Brian Kelly's first year. Zach, go ahead and give your thoughts on on everything I kind of listed and and where you think LSU stands at. And also give us your thoughts on the Jermaine Burton's decision. So you listed five guys there, right, Uh, outside of Jermaine Burton who is already committed. Five guys that are still available. Obviously the biggest being Caleb Williams, which obviously that kind of shocked some LSU fans to see that it had come down to just – LSU and USC, but I hold the stance that he is going to USC. Now, that does not mean that I would never foresee him coming to LSU. I would definitely be shocked if he did, but there has definitely been conversation with Caleb Williams between him and LSU uh, and even uh, Brian Kelly involved in that situation. So, It's very interesting, but I do want to warn LSU fans to not get your hopes up because more than likely he is going to USC. Just with his former coach being there, we know Lincoln Riley is just the QB guru who has put out uh, amazing talent out of Oklahoma and now being at USC. Obviously, he played for Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma. He committed to him over LSU to go and be at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. So all of that, I think he goes to USC. But it would be probably one of the greatest recruiting pulls in at least recent LSU history that I know of if they landed Caleb Williams. And and what a, I can't imagine <laughs> the praise that Brian Kelly would get and the slap to the face of the national writers uh, 
that have been talking about him not being mm-hmm. able to recruit. I mean, LSU That'd be I, juicy. LSU, LSU is going to finish inside the top 10 in this recruiting class. And they started out they started uh, I think it was 40th or somewhere in there uh before the early signing day. And so that's my thought on Caleb Williams. Jarek Bernard Converse, I think he's coming to LSU. I, I do. If you look at those five guys you mentioned, I think you at least get two of those guys. And I think Jarek Bernard Converse out of Oklahoma State, the DB, he's played we, – we mentioned quarterback. He's also played some safety. Um, but regardless, LSU needs DBs, period. And so I, I would think that if he comes to LSU, he's probably going to be placed in the cornerback room. Not 100% sure on that, but we can definitely foresee that happening. I think he is like definitely the one you get out of these out of these five. And then I think you go look at Jacoby Matthews and Trevante Citizen. Uh, those are two guys that I, I think you at least get one of them. If you get two of them, wow, fantastic job, right? A lot of LSU fans are getting hyped uh, about Harold Perkins decommitting from Texas A&M because they believe that he is now going to LSU. Um, I would say look out for Florida uh, because I think Florida, Florida, as we already know, has heavily recruited him. And he went on an official visit to Florida, I think it was two weekends ago. Now this weekend, he has his official visit to LSU. And so it's really good that he is going to finish his all of his visiting and, and going and, and checking out these schools at LSU. That That's wonderful. LSU is going to have to uh, throw everything at him as, as they should because linebacker is a huge need for LSU. And so you definitely want to get Harold Perkins in this class, for sure. Five-star out of Texas. To, to go get him and, and, and take him away from the likes of Texas, Texas A&M, of course, Florida, that would be huge. So all of that mentioned, I think you at least, at least get two. I think three is likely. But I mean, Reagan, can you imagine, can you imagine going five for five out of those guys? Mm. Oh my goodness. You probably would shoot up to like, I don't mm. even know. Like at least top five, That'd right? Be impressive. Top five in the I, class. I, don't I would know. think so. I mean, Caleb Williams. If you get Caleb Williams, you're up there. You're up there. And again, LSU fans, don't get too excited. We don't think he's coming. But if they pulled that off, wow. Now the Jermaine Burton situation that does not surprise me at all. Uh, as soon as I saw him enter the portal before two four seven came out and even said Alabama was the leading uh, team to, for him to potentially land at. I figured he was going to Bama. And the reason being, Bama just lost their top receiver in uh, Jamison Williams, and they also lost Mechie. Both those guys are going to the draft, right? And so Alabama needs to uh, have experienced receivers on next next year's roster uh, to accommodate Bryce Young uh, coming back, obviously. In all honesty, the more the thing that surprised me the most is his like the uh, the fact that he is transferring. You hate to see him go to Alabama of all schools. Uh, you know, you really wish that with LSU snagging his position coach, with the idea that oh, Jermaine Burton came to the signing table, committed to LSU, then signed to Georgia, and now you have his position coach. Maybe come to LSU, goes to Alabama. 
really disheartening and just sickening that you just see Alabama do this year in, year out. It just it just irritates you. Well, I think this further proves that you're seeing more and more that these players are committing to these schools and they're not committing to the schools itself, whether it be a coach or uh, NIL deals. We've seen that a lot, obviously, with Texas A&M this year. Or to go and, and get the, uh, get the uh, support to prepare for the NFL uh, or the, that, that it's a winning program. You're seeing more and more that athletes coming out of high school, they are committing to something else other than the school itself. You're always going to have that, though. I mean, you're always going to have high school players that are going to want to go and play because it's the school of their dreams or it's the school that is in the state that they were raised and and they rooted for the team. You're always going to have that, but you're seeing more and more that so many different factors are uh, bringing athletes in to play for them, not just because of the name of the school that they're playing for. And I think that has a little bit to do with of the Jermaine Burton situation. It definitely had a lot to do with the, the Eli Ricks situation. You know, LSU fans scoffed and were like, oh my gosh, why in the world would Eli Ricks go to, to Bama? He, he plays for LSU. Okay, he's a California kid. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't commit to LSU because he was like, this is the school of my dreams. No, he came to LSU because of, more than likely, Corey and Raymond and the uh, DBU, the status of DBU. And then, of course, you have what happened, everything that happened in the last couple of years. And it's, it's, it's no wonder that he transferred, right? He wants to go and play somewhere immediately where he can get great uh, NFL coaching experience and, and, and get to the next level, right? So I think with the Jermaine Burton situation, there's a little bit of that as well. Yeah, there's, there's no question that that's in play there. Of the five guys, uh, the one I, I am concerned most about, not not concerned as in losing him, but like concerned as I, we need him, we got to get him, is Bernard Converse. And I think I – I mean, I know this is weird to say. This is weird to say because Caleb Williams and Harold, uh, Harold Perkins is in this list. But I want – and Jacoby Matthews. To, and Jacoby Matthews. I want to solidify Bernard Converse, I feel like, more than anybody in this list because DB is a major, major need for LSU right now. And to snag Bernard Converse with the experience that he has uh, on the defensive side of the ball, that would that would pay major dividends for LSU's defense next year and fill in a, a – a gaping hole that LSU is seeing right now. I think you need to maybe get a few more uh, just for depth, depth, maybe one more after him. But to get like a solidified starter uh, with major experience, that would be massive. I would like to see Jacoby Matthews and Trevante Citizen come. And honestly, I think we get both of them, it, it, just in my opinion. The only, I think Trevante Citizen is coming to LSU. Jacoby Matthews is the one I think that may go to A&M just because of NIL money. But it's very clear that Jacoby Matthews wants to come play for LSU. He's a Louisiana kid. LSU is the school of his dreams. But I don't know if he can pass up on the money that A&M is offering. So if LSU 
can can get him some kind of deal or whatever to get him to come, man, do it. Make it happen. I think you go three for five. At worst, like you said, two for five. I do, too, uh, believe that that uh, Caleb Williams is going to USC to rejoin his coach and Lincoln Riley. But we'll see how it all plays out. You never know. It, I think that Brian Kelly truly is making a push for Caleb Williams um, because I think he realizes, Zach, I don't want to be the homer or or the one that, that's getting too excited. But in all reality, on the offensive side of ball, LSU has some championship-looking material if you were to add someone like Caleb Williams. I mean, if you add Caleb Williams to Kayshawn Butte, Jack Besh, Jare Jenkins, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., you solidified uh, uh, some some big-time transfers in the offensive line to protect the quarterback. You got John Emery coming. Um, you got Noah Kane from Penn State, who was a four-star freshman. Um, you got Corey Connor. So, like, there is a lot of, lot of, lot of talent on our offensive side of ball. And if you get somebody to pair at quarterback like Caleb Williams with that talent, that's championship type of offensive talent. Your defense, obviously, is your question mark next year. Are these transfers going to pan out, you know, to, to really benefit you, you know, on the defensive side of ball and, and be a solid SEC type of defense? We'll see. But if you lay land Caleb Williams, you may help yourself out on the defensive side of ball because you may score a whole lot more points and make it a lot easier on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So I think Brian Kelly realizes he has that talent and realizes, holy smokes, if I get a quarterback in here that is like at a talent level like Caleb Williams, we might have something special right off the bat. So absolutely, dude, push and push and push until he commits, until he's done. And I know LSU fans don't want to hear this, but on the offensive side of the ball, your biggest question mark is quarterback. It is. You have Garrett Nussmeyer, who's a five-star, and who his dad has made known to the media and LSU that they want him to redshirt. And then you have Garrett Nussmeyer, who has only played against a full game, well, basically a full game, against Arkansas, and didn't look very good. Now, a lot of that we credit to Jake Peets and, and that entire scheme, but he didn't look very good. He, he, as we've mentioned, he's a gunslinger, he's, he's erratic, uh, and you have to find a way to tame that. And so Garrett Nussmeyer, a big question mark. And then you've got Miles Brennan, who a lot of LSU fans love for his loyalty, and we do as well. But he also is a big question mark. The biggest concern for him is can he stay healthy? I mean, the dude has can't he he had that really weird injury that he that he took against Missouri and had surgery on the and they almost named the injury after after him because of that injury and that you know that took him out for over a year and then <laughs> this past year he tri- trips over his flip flop fishing and destroys his arm. So can this guy stay healthy? And on top of that, he doesn't have a lot of experience. I know you're like, well, he's been at LSU for like five years. Yeah, he's played three games. 
He's played three games in 2020. You want to know who those games were against? Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Missouri. Three teams who in 2020 were near the bottom of the SEC in defense. So, yeah, he should have had a great game against those teams. So, quarterback is still a concern, and LSU has made it known that they are still looking for a quarterback. I would love, you know, for Miles Brennan to have the Cinderella story and, and, and go out there and play phenomenal and, and, and lead LSU to, you know, a really, really great season. But you have to try, at least if you're Brian Kelly, to go out and get somebody that's more experienced. And as crazy as it is, Caleb Williams is more experienced than Miles Brennan. If you don't land another quarterback, which I think they're 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 definitely looking, but if you don't land another quarterback, I think Miles Brennan's the starter, and you know we'll see how that goes. You like you said, you hope that he he plays well. Uh, I mean, as long as he stuck around, and I mean it would be an incredible story. Uh, a kid who wanted to go to to LSU, committed to LSU, has stuck it out through injury, through coaching change. Two coaching changes now. Two. Miles Brennan has been through two coaching changes. So you would love to see him excel. And I hope he does if we don't get a quarter, another quarterback. But I wouldn't be surprised if we sign another one. And I think Brian Kelly understands that we have major talent and he wants to get somebody who has some experience. And if you land Caleb Williams, holy cow, look out. So big news, probably still to come when it comes to LSU. Be looking for all these names that we've mentioned. There, there's probably going to be some more transfers. And look, when it comes past spring ball, we're going to see some guys leave LSU, and we're probably going to see some more guys transfer in when it comes to after spring ball. So this is this is something we're going to continue to look at before the fall because this roster, in, in my opinion, is far from finalized. There, there's no for question sure. about that. So keep looking at it. February 2nd is signing day, national signing day, and we'll see how LSU fares on the three guys that we mentioned tonight, Harold Perkins, Trevante Citizen, and Jacoby Matthews. Hey, that's all we got for you for this episode uh, in the Tigers Avenue. Go follow us on Twitter, at Tigers Avenue Pod, at Tigers Avenue Pod. Don't forget, the guy who does our intro-outro, five-star hero we wanted to continue to support him and, and and give him love for allowing us to use his music on this podcast we appreciate you five star hey we'll catch you next time in the tigers avenue peace Cause